What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. Presented by UberLiftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and uh, let's get it on. As I stated last week, um, we were going to be talking about Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Carryover, or Part 2, or whatever. Um, We will be talking about it a little bit. However, what I'm going to tell you is set in place right now. Um, Surely we all want to see change, because this is... uh, It's not what it was said to be. Um, It puts a lot of strain on the states, and uh, it wasn't enacted properly. But I'm going to try and walk us through where it is right now. So on August 8th, uh, uh, Trump signed in an executive order for $400 to extend PUA. $100 of that had to come from the state that you are in for every person under PUA. Now, no state is able to sustain this or even take upon the burden for longer than three weeks. Not even one state in the country can handle longer than three weeks of having to do this. So the executive order that Trump signed, as I said last week, is junk. It, it, It can't be put into effect However, FEMA has been put in task of putting this in place. So with FEMA, um, the Federal Emergency Management um, Program, with them under handling this, it can be put in place. Now, however, is that a good thing? Because the $400 that Trump signed as an executive order has become $300 because now, again, not one of the states, not one, can afford the $100 per person on PUA. So um, FEMA is only trying to enact the $300 that's required. Uh, Again, it was signed on August 8th, and supposedly the timeline there is three weeks. There's no... There's no state's begin date yet, okay? It's almost like the first time we went through PUA and David with Autonomy.Jobs and I were doing all this research and coming up with a bunch of stuff and helping you guys through stuff. And every state, if you remember, was starting at different times, but these were for different reasons. Outdated computers, um, you know, what else? You know, trying to work around with some of the old COBOL language, um, crashing coming down so some states got up and running in two to three weeks other states took till the end or near the end of may and then were they getting checks out right away was it how was it being done through debit cards every state was different and we saw all kinds of different start times again we might see something along that line because states are wanting this done correctly and correctly folks would be the way the cares act was passed house and senate agree and sign off to a package. The House wants $3 trillion. Um, the Senate wants $1 trillion. The Senate is on recess until next month. So that is why FEMA is stepping in. Now, when they come off recess and they address this, 
can they go back and fix it and all that? I don't know. I don't know if they can, you know, let's say that the House was able to get the Senate to bring it back up to the 600 that it was, um, and they all agree on that. Can they go back and re-re and cover the differences of what FEMA might put in place here? I don't know. Um, will FEMA be going back to July 26th when PUA ended starting August 29th when they say that they should be able to start dispersing these $300 uh, payments? So the way this is working is the Trump executive order of 400 has to stay in place. So FEMA has said only 300, and then 100 would come from your state from your current unemployment insurance. So let's say you were getting $700 in between April and end of July with the pandemic unemployment assistance, 700. I'm just going to use this easy number. 600 of that, let's say it was PUA, 100 was from the state, so that's 700. Now, because Trump signed in 400, what he really did was he made it so that FEMA can enact 300, but it has to be infused by your state for 100. So let's say that when PUA ended and that 700 that you were getting a week became 100 for the past few weeks and you've still been collecting, that would mean that you would get the 400 Trump signed an executive order, but it will not, but it does not, it's not the appearance of the way it was presented. You're not going to get the 400 plus the UI you're getting. So basically it has to hit the 400 mark of the executive order. So you have to be earning at least a hundred on unemployment assist on unemployment insurance right now or buy a new claim. But right now as gig workers and such, those of us who are in the mix, you would need to be getting $100 plus to be able to get the additional 300 because you have to get the 400 between the FEMA 300 and the state's unemployment insurance. So let's say that you were making 670 with the pandemic aid, 70 from your state. According to this, you won't you will still receive just $70 now because you won't be qualified to get the other 300. Um, we're hoping that the Senate comes back and that the House and Senate can do this correctly because this was done extremely incorrectly. It should not have... It sh as much as I know people need this, um, if anything, Trump should have just done something along the lines of, you know, gapping it until they came back and putting a, an end date on the on the executive order. You know, something along the lines of, uh, you know, okay, well, with the Senate going on break, I'm going to extend pandemic unemployment assistance until the second week in September, and then it will run dry, which is a six-week period, let's say. Because then he could have just said 600, kept it at that, but it would have had an end date. And then the House and Senate would have known, well, this is going to look bad on all of us. We've got to figure this out. Because, like I mentioned last week, this is just a pointing game right now between the two. And right now the House is using that the Senate isn't around, so they can't come to compromise. Well, 
the the House wasn't around when the Senate was. They had gone on a short recess too. So it's just finger pointing. But I wish that Trump would have put in, you know, I mean, I wish a lot of things with Trump, but I wish that Trump would have put in the executive order to just extend PUA at 600 from July 26th through the month of August and then two weeks into September and put an end date stamp on it of the 15th or whatever of September, forcing the House and Senate to come to an agreement or show the country that they simply don't care about its people. Because again, folks, none of us decided to be on house arrest and stay-at-home orders and businesses to close and lose our jobs and all this stuff. I mean, there's, there's so many factors here that even if you're against this bill, you have to look at it like never in our lifetimes have we ever seen stay-at-home orders and opening and shutting down of the states and upward of 40% plus of 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 small businesses shutting down either permanently or temporarily, many of them permanently. Um, the longer this goes on, the, the, the more, more and more permanent will be shut down. So we really need this to happen, but again, it needs to happen correctly. I mean, all of us used to, maybe not, maybe some of you guys are too young. I don't know, but there's a lot of drivers out there who can relate to me when I say that we all used to watch schoolhouse rock. Okay, <laughs> on Saturdays watching cartoons. Well, they had How a Bill Becomes a Law. You can YouTube that thing, and you know it's a cartoon, but it actually does explain how a bill becomes a law. So it's a five-minute video or four minutes. If you haven't seen it, uh, go YouTube Schoolhouse Rock. Um, how a Bill Becomes a Law, and check that out. And uh, you could also Google it and try and you know. But this is a funny, this would be a fun way to, to see it, and it's actually not just geared at kids. The old schoolhouse rocks used to kind of be geared at the parents and the kids so the parents could fill in the gap. But regardless, it needs to be done correctly. It wasn't done correctly, but it looks like FEMA is going to push this 300. So I'm really hoping that there's some caveats and for instances and things like that that say that if the House and Senate meet, and can can agree upon something better that they can implement that and override and then back pay and all that stuff because this left a ton of people high and dry and I know that a lot of people are expecting this to be backdated to July 26. Right now that is not the case. Okay. Um so we'll just have to wait and see, but hopefully hopefully they can get back in session early and we can see that happen. I found this extremely interesting, while at the same time extremely, extremely disturbing, okay? Um, those who know me know that, you know, I was a big advocate of uh, not picking up minors, and we had quite a lot of social media conflicts about this last calendar year, where I would post articles or or write a piece or do or, or talk about this and, and its issues, and I have videos from my dash cam about high school students trying to ride on their parents' card and all this, and it was a big issue. There were a lot of drivers out there, surprisingly to me, who didn't even know that you couldn't. There were drivers out there saying that they knew that they couldn't, but they were going to do it anyway. They don't care. Um, again, 
in the terms of service that we agreed upon with Uber and Lyft, it says we cannot do that. So you agree to that. So if you were to if you were to get sued for something going wrong or a sexual misconduct type related thing, it would it would be on you and your personal insurance. Even if you're carrying the right classification insurance to do rideshare, which you all should be, but if you so, it that would be on you. And I, I would question even if your insurance, what they how and what they would cover because it would probably depend on what the, um, what the accusation was or what the problem was or were you in an accident? Did the child die in an accident? Um, you know, are they accusing you of misconduct and you don't have a dash cam? By the way, everybody note, you should have a dash cam. If you drive rideshare, I always say this, but have a dash cam. Not promoting one here. There's a lot of good one, good ones out there. Uh, get on social media platform and uh, and hit up some people you know and see what they use. Because I'm, I'm not going to promote one. I have the ones I like. Uh, you can feel free to email me, uberliftdrivers at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at uberliftdrivers.com. But, yeah, you can go to the website, uberliftdrivers.com, and hit contact and whatever, however you want to reach out. And I can individually tell you the ones I've used, what I like about them, what's cost-efficient, um, which ones have cloud storage, how much you get for free, what, 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 how they all – the ones I know about work. But uh, Or you can just post it and see what other people reply to. There's a lot of good ones out there in the market, but have one. But regardless, um, going back to this, uh, miners in the car, this is going to be an issue because Lyft is giving $100,000 in essential rides for families in school districts um, around the country, like Chicago, Denver, Baltimore, and Seattle, to start. But they're already looking at more and expanding that $100,000 into more. Now, this is in collaboration with the National School Boards Association. So the NSBA is saying it's all good. Now, what it is is for rural areas or areas, because they're having a lot of bus issues with the social distancing. If Even if your school isn't going back yet, when it does, they're going to have bus issues because um, they can't bus as many people, so they're not going to have full routes. So some people are out of luck on a ride to school, and that's even happening here in Denver, but it's happening across the country. So they're giving this to people who live out of those districts and putting all the drivers in extreme risk, um, both from COVID but also for minors. Now, this has always been a passion of mine to stop this because I have a, I have a son, and... You know, it, it it just bothered me to no end how many times I had minors come up. I had all of their all of their ways of trying to explain to me too why it was okay. I had them all down pat. I could almost finish everybody anybody's sentence that came out of a high school. You know, there was five or six different plays that they had, and it, as soon as they started, I knew which one they were doing, and I could just finish it for them. Go, oh, you you get your parents' card, and they said it's okay, and whatever it is. Um, but as far as I know, still, I mean, like, this is weird because with all the big news in California right now and what's going on, this is kind of getting buried, but this is a big issue, guys. We drivers do not pick up minors, period. That's why there were parenting startups that were doing ride share and things like that. I mean, 
this is this is ridiculous. I and I'm surprised that the uh, NSBA is wanting us to do this. I mean, Lyft, Lyft especially, Lyft more than Uber is facing tons of sexual misconduct and all these other kind of charges with drivers. And as that sheds down, and hopefully as the pandemic fades, it doesn't come back as heavy um, at all. But regardless, I mean, it's just, it's, it's baffling to me with all the bad news on that stuff that this is the route they want to go. They want to have kids ride in in rideshare vehicles. To me, it's just straight up uh, crazy. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. It's it's very it's very irresponsible. It's very dangerous. Um, I don't know if you're going to have to do different kind of background checks. I don't see Lyft dishing out the money for the kind of checks that would that would be correctly done though to make sure that I, I don't know i mean if all they're doing is making sure that you know you don't have child molesting charges in your background that's not enough and i would be very shocked to see the terms of service with lift change to well during the pandemic you, you're going to be allowed to pick up kids and take them to school really i mean so you're going to just all this all this thing that lyft uber its drivers everything is fought for you're just going to kick it to the side and tell drivers to do it, causing more confusion. Stupid, but it looks to be what they're going to do. Um, we will get back into this later because I do have a couple of topics we have to get into tonight. As we talked about last week, and as most of you I'm sure probably know, the deadline for Uber and Lyft uh, to hire workers and make them employees with employee status to do rideshare is this Thursday, August 20th. Now, there's a lot of confusion on social media going on. If you work on the platform, this is California only, by the way, okay, for right now anyway, that we're talking about. If you work on the platform currently as an Uber or Lyft driver, as of Thursday, that does not mean you are an, are an employee, and that has been made clear by the companies, period. Again, I'm not throwing my foot in the game. This is just me telling you what and how they're going to handle it and and why, and why they're claiming they need until the November ballot to get something like this in order if they do go this route because they have to go through an entire hiring process. They're not going to hire all the drivers on the platform. It's almost as if you're going to be dropped off the platform and you're going to have to reapply. Because if they do that, they're making everybody an employee, and that's not what's going to happen. I mean, we already know that, especially during the pandemic, if they were to do this, again, this is just me explaining something. I'm not, I'm not putting my foot in this game. I'm in Colorado, but... Um, if they were to do this, you know, we're we're looking at ten to fifteen percent of the draw, or you know, yeah, hopefully on the upper end, fifteen, maybe twenty, but I doubt it. Ten to fifteen, maybe upward of twenty percent of the drive, no, <laughs> drivers on the platform, um, amount of numbers would become employees, but that doesn't even make, mean that. 10 to 15% of the rideshare drivers already on the platform. It just means they will start a process of bringing, of onboarding the ones they want. 
um, which is how every company works. I mean, if if that's what happens, that's what happens because that's how companies work. I mean, when we, as an independent contractor, they can allow the open platform and allow you to go on and have flexibility and all that because as independent contractor status, you can have 200,000 people on the platform. Is that flooding the market a bit? Yeah. Is it really flooding the market in California during a, a global pandemic? Absolutely, yes. But do these people all get become unemployed Thursday? We don't know. They very well might. And I wasn't sure that that would be an actual route, even when we talked about it last week. I figured something might happen. And I know um, that last week when we were talking about it, it was to do this, Uber or Lyft, the state was going to have to work with them. They were going to have to figure something out till the November ballot because it wasn't an idle threat, folks. They they really do have plans to 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 temporarily suspend rideshare services in California until the November ballot after Prop 22 has been voted on. So, you know, in, in a perfect world for Uber and Lyft, they get to leave independent contractor status on until the November ballot when everybody votes on it and decides how this should be dealt with for gig workers. After that, there would be no excuse. The company would have to do something. But they're they're trying to say we need that until then because it's going to put a lot of people out of work and the platform isn't ready. Well, the, the thing about that is the platform is ready, okay? Um, you know, originally when it was a black car service, that's kind of what the platform was. So it... And let's be honest, I mean, some tweaking here and there of the platform, but it's a major, to have to go through this major uh, hiring process, and I, I really think people are a little confused on that. Maybe maybe it won't be an actual hiring process, but it will be a major whittling down of the amount of drivers out there to the amount of drivers that will become employees. Very few will become employees. Very few. Um Especially right now during the pandemic, you know, like in a year from now, let's say it got enforced and they had to do that. Right now, it would be very low, 10, 15% of the 200,000. So 20,000 of the 200,000 would remain on the road, maybe 30,000 as employees, maybe. Um, but even that, until a year from now or something down the road after the pandemic, until the ridership is up, there's, they're not going to have a need for more than the minimal amount of rideshare drivers. So again, it's a it's a market to market thing. You know, a lot of people in a lot of cities around the country don't want the status of employee with Uber and Lyft. They like the independent contractor status. Um, here in California, it's a little past that now. It's actually going. You know, it's it's on the November ballot. It, it needs to be voted on then because the people need to decide what the outcome of this is. It affects a lot of other industries as well. Um, like we discussed in the past couple of weeks, there's been many carve-outs. So there's been a lot of industries that have been saved and knocked out of this that they won't be considered a gig company even if they fall, even if they don't pass the ABC test. They've been carved out. Uh, but there's a lot that aren't, guys. I mean, there really is. It's not just it's 
It's not just an Uber Lyft bill, even though it seems like it's very much intended at those companies. So um, we'll see Thursday what they're going to do. But they either it, it looks like an either-or situation here. As of Thursday, they it, to me, in my opinion, I don't think we're going to see them make employees as of Thursday. They are either going to shut down operations until November 3rd or shortly after. Um, that would allow them time to program the database to to be able to have employees to find out how many employees they're going to want during the pandemic, all that, and be able to integrate it real quick. Or, um, you know, if the ballot goes their way, if Prop 22 passes, then they will, everybody will stay independent contractors. And Darren put some other suggestions out there. The th- we called it the third option. We talked about that last week. Um, I won't get back into that. So if you missed last week, go back and listen. Um, because we talk about Dara's third option. Uh, but the other, so what I see happening this Thursday is either there's going to be a stay on the independent contractor status, or else we're going to see Uber and and or Lyft leave the state of California or temporarily suspend in the state of California until after the November ballot or we are going to see the franchise model, which maybe you've seen on social media. Maybe you've heard people talking about. Um, it's just really been the last co- day or two that it's been out there. But the franchise model, um, I, well, let's, let's start off with this. Uber is already using the franchise model. In Germany and Spain, they have to because of workers' rights. So what they do in Germany and in Spain, in this scenario, what it would mean here is that Uber and or Lyft, if they went this route, would license their brand, brands, um, whichever the case would be, to vehicle fleet owners. So in this scenario, drivers would become employees of the fleet owners. And how operations are run would be up to those fleet owners, um, are you going to be scheduled for shifts? That's up to the fleet owners. Are your hours going to be, uh, regulated? It's up to the fleet owners. Um, it, it basically allows, if they go with the, if they go with the franchise model, it's in my opinion, it's a horrible idea, it's a horrible idea. And I would think most AB5 people and non-AB5 people would find the franchise model a horrible idea. It is being thrown out there. It's in every publication right now. You can just Google Uber or Lyft and just their words and then hit news. And it should be the top, it should be six of the top ten stories by major publications. You'll see franchise model. Um but basically, it allows the rideshare giants to distance themselves from the employee status. Now, of course, they would take on other expenses, and they would be—they would have to help the. Um, they would have to help the operators of these fleets. So the people who are the fleet owners could demand higher prices. They could they could say this that and the other. They they would have a lot of pull in that respect, because 
they would have to make this work. This wouldn't be they can lose money. They're not in that kind of position. There are comp- there are fleet owners in California big enough to handle this. However, there will be dramatic changes to the way this works. And you can almost, I mean, it's, I know it was put as, you know, Uber's just threatening to leave the state. I think the reason they've thrown the franchise model on the table is exactly because of that, because they want people to see, well, fine, you know, if you, you know, if it turns, if it were to turn to employees and we'd let you be employees, you'd somehow blame us and start saying that all this stuff that we're doing is bad. This would allow them to give it over to the fleet owners and let the fleet owners treat you horribly as employees, fire you, say that you didn't do this ride. The acceptance would be gone. If you get assigned a ride, you got it. You got to do it. Doesn't matter. I mean, basically acceptance and star rating would be gone. So a crappy passenger, you'd t- you're taking them. Um, you know, it, a lot of this stuff would be gone. And I think that Uber and Lyft's thinking here is they don't want to do this, but if they had to, the franchise model would make it so that any employee or people still working for these these companies would then have to point their fingers and blame it at the fleet owners. Because Uber would say, we just franchise out the franchise, franchises to the franchisees. So now those franchisees are your boss. Don't come to us with complaints. You need to go to your new boss. And I just don't think anybody around the whole circle of all this is going to be happy with with a potential franchise model. It just it it's just ugly. It's ugly and um you know, you can Google search that too. Uber franchise model Germany or Uber franchise model Spain. You'll see a lot of cons on there on why it's not good. But I think that you can already just understand why it would not be good. I mean, this is... I hate to say this because, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there fighting AB5. I have my own view in Colorado on what I like, but this is a different state. Everything works a little differently here in Colorado than it does in California. So, again, I don't have a hand in the game, but I do know a lot of drivers out in California. And I've I've talked to many, and I know where a lot of them sit. And, you know, I... I know where the AB5 ones sit, and I know where a lot of independent contractor people who don't want AB5 sit. Because um, if Uber were to take on uh, the employees in California alone, let's just put it this way. The estimated cost to Uber annually last year would have been over $500 million to have employees. To Lyft, it would have been $290 million. Um, so you can see why that is not going to happen. Um, but I think the best thing that could happen right now, and I know it's not what the AB five people want to hear, but I think that an independent contractor stay until the November ballot is what is needed. I know that it passed into law, but it's, it hasn't been, you know, they haven't upheld their end since January. Anyway, we're in a pandemic, um, you know, if Uber really did and Lyft did say, "Forget this, we're po- we're gonna we're gonna suspend operations until November fifteenth after the ballot, and then we'll institute a new platform based on the outcome of the vote." Um, 
that's going to put 200,000 people out of work. And I'm not saying that all those people are working right now, but they wouldn't even have the option to get on the platform. So, you know, and then it becomes, can those platforms even make a comeback? And I know there's the people who think that these Waymo and Ola, who's down in Silicon Valley now too, and some of the other ones that have moved in Bolt, that maybe they could fill the gap or I've even seen things about, um, uh, like uh, like a co-company, like a few rideshare companies coming together to kind of build it out. I really don't see that being built that quickly and working. Um, so it's almost like, you know, it's better off just to let it play out till the vote. I mean, the vote's going to happen anyway, and that's what needs to happen because that's how this country works. We vote on things. So that's my opinion, and that's not saying pro- AB5 or pro independent contractor. That's just me looking at this from from an outside perspective and saying, I think it needs to be a stay on the independent contractor status that after the vote, though, needs to be invoked. Okay? I mean, the state still has not voted on this. You need to see what the people want. I mean, this is how things get decided in this country, and we need to go through this process. Um... Something that disturbed me about all this, too, is the first article I started seeing, like, really out there and being thrown around was a New York Times piece. Uh, Was it last night or this morning I saw it? But I already had seen a couple other publications. The New York Times piece kind of weird (laughs) was weird to me because over the years that I've been doing rideshare, and especially the last, you know, three and a half years that I've been running the website, uberliftdrivers.com, and doing the news and now this podcast, I've done a lot of interviews with a lot of different news outlets, okay? Um, And I've done, you know, entire pieces to just commenting on things and being in the piece. And I will tell you one thing. Barely ever does a piece go out that is based on three anonymous sources. And if it does, it's three anonymous sources claim this and then here these two names claim this which is almost what the three other three said but never have i seen a piece go out that's based on just three anonymous people in in, what did they say here um people with knowledge of discussions quote unquote is what the new york times claimed about the three anonymous sources to me that's just bad reporting because you don't you don't have anonymous sources for a reason, because it makes the story a lot harder to believe. Well, let's be honest. I mean, if, if every story was written anonymously, we have enough issues with the press as it is. We absolutely don't need to be having more like, well, okay, is this at all true? Who says this? Because there are comments in that piece from Uber and Lyft, but it's just saying how, no, 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 that has nothing to do with our decisions and they've already put it out there. So if you do go looking for this, I, you know, you can read the New York Times piece. To me, it has good information once it gets past that point. But I got hung up on that because I didn't like the fact that I'm reading a piece on three anonymous sources. Um, again, quote unquote, people with knowledge of discussions. That just to me, that's not enough. You know, if, if they're not willing to put in if, if I wasn't willing to put in my name on many of the pieces I did. 
I wasn't going to be able to be in that piece or they weren't going to be able to use anything I said. And I, I acquired a very good understanding of why that happened. So I also became more careful about what I said to who, but that's how, that's how it works. Otherwise we can't really believe the news we read. Um, regardless, you know, the, the bottom line here is that this couldn't be happening at a worse time. And I know this was the ball got rolling last September before we even knew about COVID on AB5, got passed, went into effect, and shortly after, boom, COVID hit, pandemic, boom, sales off 70%, ridership down, profits tumbling. Um, so all this is going on at a horrible time for the companies, and I know that all the pro AB5 people don't have any sympathy for that, but... These are the same people trying to get worker employment status with these companies. So you should care because you throw a grenade in the company, blow it up. There's going to be no employment status to be had. So um, I just feel for the whole scenario. I'm glad my state is not doing this. Um, I'm glad that, that others are not doing this, especially right now in the pandemic. But uh, we'll see. I mean, California, again, I said it last week. All eyes are on California right now. You know, every other state's kind of watching how this goes as the gig economy gets figured out. But post-COVID, people, I mean, I think that we all know we can count on the gig economy is is here to stay. So, yeah, we need to set up some ways that it works and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I mean, just this black and white way is, I don't know. And it does need to begin with a vote. And that still is yet to happen. So in my mind, that vote is very important right now. But in the meantime, Thursday, um, you know, less than, you know, like 36 hours from now, we will see what happens. I mean, Thursday morning and you're an Uber Lyft driver, can you, and you go to the driver app and you tur- hit uh, um, to go on online, what is it going to say? We don't know. We don't know. Um but it will be interesting, and I will absolutely Thursday be all over trying to find out all the details I can on this and checking in with people and uh, checking social media and all that kind of stuff. But we just don't know. So um, that said, we're going to move on from that because uh, I just wanted to hit on a couple more things here. So because of last week, uh, all those judgments passing in California and what's going on out there with all this stuff and how fast it's getting pushed. Uh, I had to push a guest and I'm kind of right now in the midst of rescheduling the three guests that I had coming up. I've got to reschedule all of them now uh, because of last week and this week, not having any. Um, So I should have that back in line. Uh, I don't know if we'll have a guest next week, but the week after I think I already do have one rescheduled. So not next week, but the week after, um, I might try and get one back in for next week, too. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm also kind of thinking by next week we're going to have a, we're going to have PUA answers. We're going to have we're going to see how all this shook down. But um, so maybe I'll try and bring on a different guest than the other three I already had scheduled, reschedule all those ones, but bring on somebody, uh, a couple drivers maybe to talk about um, from California, uh, the pros and cons of AB5 because. Uh, other states might be seeing this soon. Um, and according to Router's reporting yesterday, Monday, 
Uber Eats will continue normal operations in California, even if it is forced to obey uh, obey, um, the AB5 ruling of employee status, but it will not make those Uber Eats drivers employees. So I'm, I'm very confused on that as well. How is that possible? Because as far as I know, and as far as I've, all the all the digging I've done, I haven't found one thing that delivery driver delivery food apps got any kind of carve out for maybe five. I don't think they did at all. So as far as I know, they still fall under the AB five category and would have to not do that unless you're an employee. So I don't know how that'll continue. I don't know if that's going to be based somewhat on. Um, the fact that people can't go to restaurants, people, you know, can't get food. So maybe they're going to get some kind of easement order from the state. I don't know. Uh, it's going to, this is going to be an end of week. That's going to be very interesting out in California. And for those of you out in California, I feel for you guys on both sides of this, because I think the initial punch isn't going to help anybody. Um, what I really, again, what I really think needs to happen is this vote in November, until then, it's just murky waters that are just getting murkier and dirtier every day. That said, um, Seattle Mayor, Mayor Jenny Durkin uh, is going to be introducing, passing legislation that will, um, to, uh, to city council at the end of this month, that would make Uber and, or that would that would require Uber and Lyft drivers make sixteen thirty nine an hour. That would include, you know, wear and tear on the car, miles, however they're doing the equation. That would be the floor payment. Um, there's a lot more to this Seattle bill, but right now I don't think it's worth getting into all these details because they seem to be following the details of how AB5 started in California. I think what the real thing to do is is to keep our eye on California and see how it plays out. And not only the decision, but after the decision, what happens? I mean, you know, what happens to people? I don't know. We'll see. Um, But she's going to be introducing this that would go, if passed, it would go into effect January 1st, 2021. Sixteen thirty-nine an hour floor. Um, so you would you would have to make at least that. And again, um, you know, I don't think you would count on making much above that. But we'll we'll see. I'm not going to get into the whole Seattle breakdown because that one's still being built, whereas the AB five is already a actual California law. Um, but Lyft did respond to it. Uh, claiming that it is, quote-unquote, unworkable and, quote-unquote, misguided regulation, okay? Um, For all the digging I did, I can see why they said that. Uh, But at the same time, the Uber one is a little bit, Uber's comment is a little bit more help you understand. Um, Uber cited a a similar law that was enforced in New York City early last year uh, that increased rider prices drove down ridership activity 
and restricted drivers' flexibility and amount of hours they could be on the app. So talk about a grenade in the system. It was really drivers saw no benefits to this happening in New York City. And in fact, it kind of hurt everything all the way around, all the way up to the riders who had to pay more. Now, we know the riders are going to have to pay more. Why these companies have not been addressing that for this long is, is beyond me. Because clearly the riders have to pay more for rides because, I mean, it's it, it started off by with Travis many years ago introducing this to, to build a platform, to build a database of riders who would continue to use. And we've still whittled around with the price. It's not like it's gone up every year as it should in, in a steady increasing amount. Um, in fact, drivers made more then, and passengers paid very little. Passengers still pay very little, and drivers now make less. So, basically, it never... The business model never did a yearly increase of pricing to riders. Now, I know as a rider... Now, this is hard to do for me, but... As a rider, pre-pandemic, if I would go to a concert or whatever, you know, I, I always, because I do this and have for six years, because I do this, I always tip my driver big. But I also have bartended. I tip my bartenders big. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm out all the time tipping out huge and this and that because, yeah, I can't afford that kind of lifestyle and <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. But on the occasion that I do go out, Part of my going out depends on, do I have enough money, you know, if I'm going to a concert or something, do I have enough money to do what I want? But also, you know, I need to take care of the people along the way. I understand that. Um, so, I, I mean, really, we're just going to have to see how all this plays out. I, uh, you know, I, 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 feel, I feel bad for everybody here. And I really, really, really hope something positive happens in California on Thursday or some conclusion is met that people can at least live with until November 3rd. Because the outright suspending Uber and Lyft could be detrimental to your income, not just now, but down the road. Instead of fixing it, and coming to some agreements and seeing how the voters of that state want it. Because really, folks, that is the most important thing. This is what we're talking about with voting and mail-in voting right now. This is a reason that, again, going back to PUA, we hope the Senate might come back early because of the now post office issue. So it really does come down in this country to a vote. I mean, we, we are not only granted voting rights, it is our duty to vote. And you don't have to share who you vote for or what propositions you vote for and what you vote on them and stuff, but it is owed to the state of California to allow everybody to vote on this. Because um, it affects many, many facets of everything. Even people who don't use rideshare and don't drive rideshare but aren't riders either maybe they've never taken an uber or lyft they've never drove for either platform well it does affect them it affects tax numbers unemployment all this kind of stuff that 
Yes, it affects everybody. So everybody gets a vote. And it is their duty to vote. And we've never seen the vote on this. I mean, it's like taking polling. You know, it might tell you something, but usually when you go back and compare the polling to the actual data after an election, it's all incorrect garbage. Um, You know, sometimes you might get some aspects right or whatnot, but it's never like the polling is pretty right on because polling is polling. I mean, it's done, you know, 10 people per thousand. So, I mean, that is not a good estimation of the entire thousand. You never know what 10 people you might grab. But regardless, this has never come to an actual vote, and now it will. So November 3rd, we will see a vote on this. And regardless of what happens on Thursday, we will still see it on there. We will still see a vote on this. Will Uber and Lyft pull out to show that they're not kidding, to show that on November 3rd, you better vote for Prop 22? Maybe. You know, will they go with the franchise model? Maybe. I hope not. Um, And I advise any of you to look up the franchise model if you already haven't read about it because it is an awful solution to this problem. And I think that I I would be surprised if anybody doesn't think that it isn't. Um, You'll instantly, if you're you're pro AB5, you'll instantly hate Uber and Lyft more. But if it's put in place, you won't be able to. You're going to have to hate your new boss, the fleet owners. Um, And then... If it if it doesn't, uh, or to the non AB five supporters, you know they're going to lose their independent contractor and have to work for fleet owners. Well, you know I don't I don't know I don't know. Um, we will see. But right now, California has a huge unemployment problem. The last thing they need is two hundred thousand jobs added to that unemployment problem. And I know there is not even though. Uh, Pre-pandemic, there's 200,000 people and a lot, you know, people are starting to push for employment rights and all this, and I understand that. But now that we're in the pandemic, um, gig jobs are a way to turn on and make some money here and there. Uh, Really, nobody's, like, doing great in this pandemic. Nobody's, like, bragging about how awesome it's been for them, except for, you know, maybe the carve-out 1% of of the... of the country who, you know, we just really don't even like talking about, you know, the Jeff Bezos and those type people who are so beyond wealth that it's, it's disgusting and, and it, and it should be dealt with, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I know that it's a free market country and they're allowed to make what they can, but they've monopolized so much that, I mean, look at Amazon. I mean, it, before the pandemic, was destroying mom-and-pop businesses. Now there's the pandemic, and we're actually seeing businesses in huge numbers going out of business. When you start talking about 50% of your city's businesses are going out of business that was temporary in April, May, now is becoming permanent, I, I, we don't need to talk any farther about that because that is very clear how bad things really are. Um, so I think we need to get PUA fixed. I think people need to take care of themselves. We've never handled this since it began very well. Um, you know, we're kind of the laughing stock of the world right now. I mean, look at Canada. 
Canada's always had an open border situation with us. They are not letting us in right now. You can't go to Canada. They don't want United States people. You know, um, that's in my lifetime, that's never been the case ever. Canada, I'm originally from Michigan. I used to go to Canada all the time. You can cross over from Detroit um, on the bridge or using the tunnel. So you can be in Ontario, Canada, in Ontario in, you know, minutes or, you know, very quickly. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's really just a sad state of our country right now. And to take away more jobs is just, or even the option for people to work is, is, could be a bad thing. Maybe it's a good thing. I guess it's up to California to decide. But again, I don't have a hand in that game. But what I will say is I do believe in democracy in terms of you, this needs to be voted on. The people of California need to decide how this will be handled. And with that, I'm going to end it. Um, We'll see about a guest next week. Um, if if so, I might just have a couple riders on so that it's not just me talking with myself. Maybe maybe I'll see if I can get Marissa on too. Maybe call in a driver or two. Maybe I'll see if Marissa can come down here and sit in. She's in Boulder. I'm in Denver. Um, but somebody that I can just talk back and forth with about this and some of the other issues that we are about to see come Thursday. So absolutely find us next week don't 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 miss next week's because we're gonna dial in on a lot of this stuff and see how it played out on thursday until then as always be good to each other you know uh try and stay off social media some you know um even with stay-at-home orders and even if you're at a high risk category get some fresh air open up your windows or get outside take a walk at a time when maybe it's um, like my neighborhood, there's certain times I don't want to walk my dog cause everybody's walking theirs. Um, but I've found alternative times. So, you know, I've, I've got my own little schedule that I'm trying to, trying to work out during these times and different routes that I would normally walk to, to, to kind of avoid other people. Um, I've got my mask on. Um, sometimes I might pull it down if there's just nobody around, but if I start even blocks away seeing somebody, I pull it up because, I don't want to have any kind of issue. Um, and, uh, you know, my dog still has to go out and exercise. So, But be good to each other. You know, uh, if you're in great health and you can, volunteer doing something. Um, I know that uh, there's a lot of places that are in major need of volunteers right now. And uh, just do something good. Help a neighbor out. When you go to the grocery store, ask your neighbor if they need something. You know, maybe, maybe you're, everybody's in a pattern of going every seven or 10 days to the grocery store now. Maybe they just went and forgot two things, you know, see if they need something. Um, lend a hand to people. I don't know. I think that goodness and kindness, um, are, uh, are easily caught by others. You know, it's, uh, it's like the pandemic, you know, if you're good and kind, maybe, Maybe you'll pass it on to somebody else that might do a good and kind deed. So it all seems to roll together, and I think everybody knows what I mean. With that said, I'm out of here, guys. Um, Have a great week. Be safe. If you're working, be extra safe. Um, Wear your masks. 
be careful. Um, we're finally starting to see a little downtick, but we've seen this before. It could easily backfire and go right back up. So be careful. You know, wear the masks. Uh, be safe. And uh, help somebody out do something. All right. Be good, guys. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. And uh, in some form or, form or another, we're going to have some guests. I don't know. So we can talk about what's been going on the last few weeks. And then I'll get my other guests rescheduled. But for now, I'm out of here. And uh, you guys have a great week and a great weekend. Do something fun and nice for yourself, too. All right. Peace.